Welcome to Sidereal Fire, a casual podcast about philosophy, psychology, and magic. I am Lauren, and I am probably underqualified for this discussion, but I did take three credits of psychology class. So, I, I think... Uh... <laughs> Hi, my name is Kat. Uh... I have no qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a computer science degree. That's not a real degree. It even has well, starts with BS. It's more real than my easy mode computer science degree. <laughs> Business degree. Uh, hi, I'm Tyler. And I have multiple degrees, but none of them are about this. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, this is episode one where we will be talking about Skinner boxes. Or something like that. Well, no, quite literally. (laughs) Specifically why we don't like them. (laughs) Well, I don't... Well, I mean, yeah. How about you explain for the audience what Skinner box is in this context? Or why subconsciously we do like them. Oh, true. Um, Very basically, uh, the Skinner box, or more technically, an operant conditioning chamber... Describes an experiment created by psychologist B.F. Skinner uh, where basically a, a subject is put in the box and they receive a reward for a behavior. Um, the, the, the classic one is you have an animal in the box and there's like, um, there'll be like a bell that goes off and then the food drops out. Yeah. And the goal is to train them to push, the, push a button to drop the food. Whenever they hear the bell. Yep. It's a really bad description, but... <laughs> I think you mix other kinds of conditioning in there with the kinds that are usually associated with the classic experiment, but that's okay. Maybe, but you know what? I, I am the relative expert on the subject. I have the most education in the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, I mean, mostly I believe we're going to be talking about more the slang term uh, for... Those things that are, yeah, they are uh, behavioral patterns you do, and you get rewards for them. Would Probably one of the biggest uses that people talk about now would be, like, video games, where you have the, you have like the mobile games where um, it's, it's just rewarding you for some behavior, and usually they're trying to mm-hmm. reward you for little things to get you to pay more money for... Mm-hmm. Um, Log on every four hours for a little bonus. Yeah, that sort of thing. Or like, they'll also accompany it with like little, you know, little things that pop out on the screen. Like, congratulations, you're amazing for doing this really simple thing. Like, mm-hmm. you moved a square over here. Congratulations, <laughs> you're amazing. Congratulations, you slid a square across the screen. Now we reward you with a bit of dopamine. And bet you'll do it again. You could graduate kindergarten. And you could get more dopamine hits <laughs> if you just pay 99 cents for a bundle of coins. But, you know, the best value is $99 for uh, the 5 million coins. No, no, no. It's a little more insidious <laughs> than that because what they do is uh, <clears throat> what they do is they take a uh, like relatively simple task and they start adding factors in as you go up in levels. Uh, a common one is like how many times you can actually make a move with the box in a day, right? Uh, then uh, what they do is they will offer the possibility of purchasing 
additional moves <laughs> for the in-game premium currency. And they'll get complicated with the currencies and things. But basically, you pay money for your additional moves. Hooray! You get to finish the level today and not tomorrow. Uh, and then, you know, this gets obfuscated with currency exchanges, freemium yeah. currency that you mostly have to buy, but maybe you occasionally get one if you do the right things. Uh, and, of course, high-value propositions. Hey, give us $1,000, and your coins will be, like, double what you'd get if you bought them in, like, $10 increments. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, it's because making more kinds of coins makes it feel less like you're spending real money. Mm -hmm. The more layers of currency they can move away from real money, the less you actually think about how you're spending real money. Instead, it's like, oh, well, I'm just I'm just buying five dollars of coins here to get eight gems. Mm -hmm. And then those gems can be converted into butt coins. I don't know. <laughs> Gems and butt coins and uh, most, gold. Yeah, you know, most most things go uh, like diamonds to gold coins. But, you know, butt coins, <laughs> sure, we can have those too. Well, they always have themed currency. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a fart app. You remember the fart apps? You just have to put more butt coins in to get more I'm farts. I'm slowly starting to imagine a D&D &D game that takes place in a magical realm where the currency is butt coins. <laughs> Oh no, it's like an Ogloff comic. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, mobile games do this a lot. Or uh, or any free game. Real mobile games do it, but you also have a lot I mean, of like mobile games. I think are particularly like barefaced about it. Then you have games like Magic the Gathering or you know, Magic the Gathering Arena or Hearthstone where it's like uh, you have your gold coins and you can buy the, the trading card packs with the um, like premium currency and you get more packs if you spend more money on it for a better value proposition. Uh, but like it's also a really interesting addition of a mechanic because uh, cards are randomly distributed so it's a little like mini casino game you pay money for and you get the fancy card and right uh that's really fun because most laws don't recognize it as actually gambling <laughs> yeah i was also gonna, i was also gonna say fortnite but i guess fortnite is technically a mobile game well no not anymore because they got delisted from the app store <laughs> <laughs> regardless i never played fortnite i've played hearthstone i've played match the gathering arena so i've like experienced firsthand uh, how tempting it is, or how untempting it is, depending on your perspective, to spend $100 on card packs. And the worst part is the season passes, where they're just like, hey, it's $20, and then for like three months, you can get slightly better rewards than you would otherwise. <laughs> See, I haven't played a game with a season pass styled like that. I've MTG played... has it. And Magic the Gathering Arena has it. I must have implemented it before, uh, after I quit. Yeah, no, the Ma Magic Arena has it where it's like, it's that same thing where you pay 20 bucks and it's mm -hmm. like... That's right, you play that on your, like, tablet. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, uh, t it'll be like 20 bucks and then for like a period of three months you get s like basically an extra tier of rewards for every level you go up. And then whenever you buy it, then <clears> they give you, they also give you the rewards that you also miss. So it's like they show you everything you would get and it's like, hey, you know, if you just buy the pass, you'll you'll get you'll get all of these packs for the twenty dollars. So many packs. Yeah, you'll just 
they'll just be opening packs for days. But uh, and then you make it a subscription, and you got them hooked. Well, yeah, because it because they do a new season pass every time a set drops, so it's like you end up paying sixty to eighty dollars a year to play this game that's supposed to be free. Yeah, but like, look, it's magic. It's already a like uh, Skinner box type game. <laughs> Because the physical packs are basically the same thing. They're just uh, all the excitement of draft of playing draft is literally just you're going to open more packs and you're going to get to see what the rare card is and maybe have a chance of drafting that. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Physical. They're physical Skinner boxes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, these days they're all digital, like video games, social yeah. media. I mean, you're right. This is usually used in a digital format. I was just commenting that this has been, like, a problem that Wizards has been implementing in Magic for the entirety of Magic. You know, the the most Skinner box game is, like, a pinball machine. I guess you're kind of right, yeah, because it's, like, it's actually training you to to push the, the flipper whenever the ball... Yeah, and, and then it has the lights go off whenever you hit something special. And you, but it, it's the thing where you have to pay money before you can play the game. You have to pay every time you want to play the game. That's that barrier entry that free to play takes down, but they gotta get you in back in somehow and get you for your money. Well, free to play would give you one ball and then be like, right. insert a quarter to get another ball. <laughs> And then you just keep playing pinball indefinitely. You just It's the same game. You just keep pumping quarters in it. Watch next week. There'll be an app on the Apple App Store that is just this game that's already been described. Like, it probably exists now. If it doesn't, it'll be there tomorrow. Or whenever this gets published. I mean, that's why most of the mobile games I play are just not even... Lately, it's all the Apple Arcade stuff that doesn't even have microtransactions in it like actual games yeah yeah i like playing actual games hmm. but actual games don't have as good as microtunes Microtunes. <laughs> <laughs> what are, are you are you living in are you living in 2030s san angeles apparently <laughs> Are you having are you having a happy joy joy day over there? Yep. <laughs> sure am. You gotta have your your like little micro placement thing at the bottom. I don't even know what you call it in that setting. Micro placement? Your banner ad. Oh. Yeah. How how'd they make a that micro into ad? Like, well no, because A micro billboard. Well no, because Oh, it's micro art, just what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that what NFTs are? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it is. <laughs> just micro art. <laughs> it's 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 like the same money laundering that you love about art, but without all that pesky business of like a physical object that you need to store somewhere. <laughs> Hilarious. Um. <clears throat> yeah, no, so um, a thing that's been frustrating me recently is uh, you can also find this in, like, non-play-to-win games or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> specifically, I find that, like, a game where uh, 
you have some kind of crafting mechanic and you have some kind of resource mechanic for your crafting. Mm-hmm. And then you have to build like some kind of physical space to do the crafting in. Especially if it's like the actual crafting is like automated. Then like as you advance through the thing and you go out and you collect your better resources, uh, you have to keep rearranging and upgrading your crafting space. And this just it hits the the like dopamine receptors in my brain like that. And I just I can't help myself sometimes. It's like it's like it's cap- terrible. Well it's like capitalism, but just in a resource form. You know, I thought you were gonna say catnip. No, no, it's like <laughs> well it's like it's like it's like all the all the billionaires. They just do what they do to see their number go higher because they want to have a higher number than the other people with high numbers. Mm. And so you, you're doing the same thing except with yeah. digital items on the screen. You, you're, you're like... Numbers so if, go up. Yeah, so if you're in one of those games and you have like all the best resources, well, you're that's like... That's what an idle game is, for sure. Yeah, you're like digital Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah, like idle games, like, uh, like Cookie Clicker is a great Skinner box. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad they didn't monetize it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I guess it's like uh, you just imagine if one of those games is reality, and like every every single billionaire just has their base somewhere underground where they're just like printing titanium and mm. diamonds or whatever the whatever the highest resource is, and the they just have the most diamonds. The world is slowly converted to paper clips <laughs> <laughs> or know. bottle caps. It's all about collecting the most cat bottle caps because that's the currency now. I wish. <laughs> I don't wish. I don't want for that world. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in Fallout either. That'd be pretty. I don't bad. even like the Fallout game, so why would I want to live in that for real? I mean, original Fallout was good. But like, that's your opinion. <laughs> it's it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of like a large part of, well, I guess, the internet. <laughs> The internet likes it. <laughs> oh the no, the, the internet, internet likes ag- it. How? Yeah, the, the internet agrees with me that like the interplay fallouts were really good. And then just below this, thousands upon thousands of comments that say the original Fallout games were bad and it was great ones. Well, New Vegas is also good. It's just <clears throat> basically any Fallout made by Bethesda is like the lowest tier. Cue another <laughs> thousand comments going into Flame Wars about who did it better. I don't think anybody is going to defend Bethesda. And if they do, it's probably just Todd Howard. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Todd Howard and his alt accounts. <laughs> just thousands and thousands of computers, and he's just operating them like, you know, some kind of weird cyber hacker thing. Cat, you have a computer science degree. You know what a botnet is. He would just have a botnet. An army of containers. I'd prefer to forget that I have a computer science degree. Thank you very much. <laughs> I... Is, is this what actually maintains the Bethesda subreddit? It's just, it, it's just it's the this. Todd Howard circle jerk. Yeah, it's 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 Todd Howard's botnet. Probably, yeah. It's like uh, it's like that. It's like the subreddit simulator. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That's gonna, they're getting really good at that these days. Or <laughs> just all the bots pretending to be different subreddits. Speaking of social media, that's another great Cynic Skinner box. What a great transition. It's almost like you're a professional. 
<laughs> but yes. How forced. <laughs> but but yes, social media would be another Skinner box. Uh, there, it's, it's particularly like uh, the big ones like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know. I mean, doom scrolling, the concept of doom scrolling is kind of a Skinner box. You're just You're just continuing to scroll down with the expectation that you know, it, your reward is the spicy meme that someone posted. Right, yeah, you gotta... And, and you know, the, the, the whole, like, meme culture driving where you have, to, you have to stay up with it or you won't understand what people are posting in a week. <laughs> That's kind of a language, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, uh, you, you have to maintain your meme fluency. You know, I wonder if it would be possible to just, like, inject memes into Twitter somehow that's, like... With the goal of transforming meme culture into basically the aliens from the episode Darmok of Star Trek. That's what it already is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but see, memes to me are actually fun. Well, I'm sure those were fun for the yeah. people on that show. I mean, they, they, they are. Like, they're, like if, you, if you really get into it, memes are kind of a, a game. They're kind of a language game mm-hmm. that people are playing. Uh, and this kind of association game where they're seeing how much meaning they can get in with these little associations and the images and the phrasing and other people are challenged to understand what the message is supposed to be. That's fair. It's a giant social experiment. (laughs) I just mean, like, compared to, like, freedom freemium games and... Well, I mean, I uh, think it's a big difference there because it's a much more meaningful game. It's one that you're actually playing with other people and is a is a form of, like, kind of social bonding. <laughs> with complete strangers. Yeah, well, that's fun. Yeah, it's just a game of who can post the most doge. It's like, it's like a parasocial relationship, but in both directions. You make more doge, yeah. you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't it? A social relationship in both directions just be a relationship? No, it's the opposite of a relationship. It's you're 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 in a you're, you're in a parasocial relationship with a community. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. I don't know. I'm not in like I'm just like I have no idea about the community. I'm just enjoying the memes. <laughs> the memes are. And they have the no idea about me. So like we have no idea about each other. We're just sharing in community somehow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of a loose community though. It's like it's a community in the same way that like customers of Walmart are a community. <laughs> well, no, because everything that you're community of funny walks is produced by other people. It's more like uh what. Like going to a uh, like a little festival and all the artists come and put up their art and they look at each other's art. That's that's just like group masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> a surprisingly popular subject with no real outlets. Sounds kind of mythical. What? 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 <laughs> group masturbation is mythical. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that people talk about, but doesn't actually happen in the real world. Except for on rare occasions. <laughs> oh, no. is that your objection? That it doesn't happen more often to be considered real? It happens a lot, Kat. <laughs> what do I know? I'm clearly just on the internet while uh, scroll, scroll, uh, scrolling through memes. I'm not actually paying attention <laughs> to when the group masturbation session well, is happening. You're, you're a part of the meme community, though, so you, you have your... 
you, you have your. Mm-hmm. I have my metaphorical group masturbation with the meme community. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you're doing every night on the couch when you're just sitting there. We're trying to watch a movie, and you're just. <laughs> You're just. <laughs> I'm bored and I'm going to look at memes instead of watching the movie because somebody picked out a movie that I wasn't exactly interested in. Uh, movies are not Skinner boxes. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Very perceptive. Uh, Quite an astute observation. Well, it, it, no, because specifically it's interesting because uh, most of the popular forms of entertainment right now are kinds of Skinner boxes. And. Movies are one of the big ones that isn't. You know, I'm kind of surprised that, like, especially, I would have expected this in, like, the 80s, where someone would try, like, choose-your-own-adventure movies. Mm-hmm. Where you could... They, they did that in Futurama, I think. They had a Futurama episode where it's like uh, you vote on a pad. Netflix for what... did one of those. Did they? Yeah. Uh, they, they did. It, I, I didn't see it, but... I'm just sitting here quietly thinking to myself, isn't this kind of like a... Like an FOV game, or, like... The kinds of games that they used to make in the 90s, I guess. Uh, I mean, if it's kind of like... I guess it would be kind of like a text adventure, but it'd be, it's, it's a group... I mean, it's I mean it'd be like text adventure with, like, movie clips in it instead of, like, text, and you get the movie clips, and then you make a decision. Well, maybe the Netflix one, but I'm thinking, like, if you yeah. were going to do it in a movie... Like, in the Futurama episode, it's, like, in a movie theater, mm-hmm. or I think it's on their... I can't remember if it's on their TV. Or, but I, either way, it's in a group-sitting format where it's, like... You push a button, and then as a group, it determines the votes for whatever that outcome was. Right. Twitch plays the movie. Yeah. I mean, that would actually be kind of cool. If you could have Twitch just, Mm. like, create a movie Mm -hmm. as it happened. Twitch plays Choose Your Own Adventure Game, the movie. The TV show. I would watch it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look at how many people... I don't know, though. I think people tuned into the Pokemon one because it was, like, unique. And then Nobody you turn into the, then you also make it the making of well, the Twitch plays a choose your own adventure game, it, the it, movie, the show. It wasn't just a relatively new idea, it was the size of it, where there were there were so many people in the chat that what happened was basically random. Yeah. Uh, and you were <laughs> you were just watching like nonsense unfurl. Because <laughs> you had you had the different factions of like the people who were trying to sabotage the game. People who are trying to advance the game. Everyone was kind of staring into the abyss, and it was staring back at them. Normally, when you get Twitch plays, it's a kind of game where it's it becomes a coordination game. But that that wasn't a coordination game. <laughs> we have a dog at the table who is trying to get our attention because she doesn't like that we're talking into a microphone. What were you saying? <laughs> Are you okay? I'm fine. Um, no, I just completely forgot what I was saying. Okay, fair enough. The train of thought has left the station. Yeah, the dog stole it. It did. Why are you stealing our train of thought? I'm going to need to like edit in a picture of her. <laughs> just, just this look. Like, why aren't you giving me attention? Mm-hmm. The dog has been trained in a Skinner Box-like fashion. Beg for attention, receive I mean, wasn't, attention. Wasn't the original Skinner Box... Actually done with dogs? Uh, no, you're thinking of the, the bell experiment. Oh, that is what I'm thinking the, of. The, uh, the Skinner box was done with rats. See, I know all the experiments. Because I, <laughs> I, I have three hours of psychology. 
Right. You remember them all as one contingent experiment. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I slept through half that class. It was just to fill credits. Sounds like the typical college student to me. Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, but Pavlov did his experiments <laughs> with dogs, and that was about, uh, oh, there's a word for that. I'm just going to leave all that in, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> uh, I always think of it as Pavlovian, so I don't know what the actual technical term is, but it's like kind of fun to me. No, that was it's like Pavlov. A, yes, I know it was Pavlov, but I don't know what the technical word is. I always think of it as like Pavlovian, Pavlovian conditioning, conditioning. Is used as a as a word for this kind of conditioning, but it's actually part of a set with. Uh, uh, you can't think of it either. No. Anyway, uh, this kind of conditioning is about. Uh, it's called classical conditioning. Mm-hmm. Where you're associating two stimulus by repetition until you respond to them kind of the same. Where the bell was rung before food was brought out until the dogs started salivating when they heard the bell. See, and I completely screwed up the beginning, the description <laughs> of the beginning. <laughs> I combined I combined these two into the same thing. I mean, Skinner boxes are a way to study classical conditioning in the actual field of psych of uh, psychology. And it, it's important to know that the really successful games do use both of these, um, uh, and that's why they have unique little sounds and mm-hmm. like special effects that go off. You have little fireworks go off, and you're like, okay, I'm getting a reward in like 20 seconds. And that kind that makes the reward happen twice, right? And the, and they will try to like they will try to like repeat, uh, you know, make you do things over and over again to like mm-hmm. have you basically conditioned to do a certain thing, especially more like action oriented kind of games. Yeah, um, and if it then if it's a like little slide around matchy bejeweled kind of games, the repetition just never stops. It's like how long can you keep? How long can you keep sliding jewels? Yeah, those become endurance games. <laughs> I like how we got back to get video games after leaving the topic for social media and never I, really discussed the social media stuff. I blame the dog. We can go back to social media. <laughs> cool, because I do have a couple of things to say about that. Um, what do you have to say about social media, Cat? The floor is yours. <sighs> Great. Um, no, what I was going to talk a bit about is uh we had been discussing how like even uh not even social media but just like websites were kind of like built around uh psychological uh reward patterns um and i was going to comment that like the it's funny because the analytics dashboards that companies use to track how people use their website are very much set up to try and force you, the company, into making a Skinner box. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of like a meme into itself. Well, it's slowly propagating out. <laughs> the, the, this type of conditioning can also be very profitable if you can actually get your users conditioned to use a product in a certain way. You can, you can, you can manipulate them either... I mean, th- I guess there's kind of a sliding scale to manipulation because anybody who's trying to sell you something is trying to manipulate you in some way. Right. Which, I mean, 
we could discuss the ethics of that, but this isn't a discussion on the whether capitalism is ethical. <laughs> but thank you. <clears throat> um, generally, I mean, generally you'll have more acceptable and you'll have less acceptable. You know, right. some of the some of the shadier stuff is. I mean, you'll have those pop up ads that are probably the most the most shady of of uh-huh. the conditioning is is where they they try to like. They'll come up with a pop-up that's like, you've won an iPhone. Click here or the offer will go away. Well, that's mm-hmm. not conditioning. That's just initial response to stimuli. Well, it's kind of it's kind of fear kind of missing a, out because it, it's it, trying to get you to like it, just click because... I mean, I'm just saying we're now just talking about like behavioral modification. It's trying to take advantage of existing conditioning where we go, we see something that says you've won, claim a prize. And then expect we're going to get something. I think my favorite is back in the era of Windows 95 where all the pop-ups were Windows 95 notifications and you clicked on OK and it would like take you to the website. <laughs> because people just got into the habit of just clicking through errors like, OK, 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 oh, OK. Without those? ever actually reading the errors. And it was hilarious because like you go to, they'd be like, something's wrong with my computer. You go be like, what's wrong with your computer? And they'd be like, I don't know. I do this and this pops up. And then they immediately click OK. And you're like, wait, can I can I actually read the error so that I was like, know what's wrong with the computer? <laughs> I always thought those were really funny back then because I was using Mac at the time. So they'd pop, they'd give you those pop-ups and it's like, well, this is clearly fake because that's not what Mac pop-ups look like. There's a Windows pop-up mm-hmm. on a website on, mm-hmm. you know, Netscape Navigator for Macintosh. Yep. Because I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always like change the OS color scheme so they they all they look super fake. <laughs> oh man, I always I loved uh, the one thing I liked about the Internet Explorer back then, because mm-hmm. uh, there was Internet Explorer for Macintosh, and Apple actually distributed it with the operating system because Microsoft bailed them out in the nineties. Hmm. But. Uh, the, the, the one thing I liked was it had a color selector where you could make your web browser match the, like, flavor of iMac you had. <laughs> so you, and, the, and the, the colors were named appropriately. So you had tangerine or grape or lime. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, it, I, I'm sure nobody cares about that anymore, but... <laughs> I mean, I do remember when Flash Player was so vulnerable that, uh, like, it could control the way that your web browser moved, and, and you had, like, a... My favorite demonstration of this was a program that would minimize your browser to, like, a third of the screen, and then it'd play a song, but it'd make your browser dance to the song. <laughs> you couldn't close it because it kept moving around. Was Flash ever not insecure? Nope. Like, no. I feel like it's just been a security disaster from the very beginning, but, like, we were fine it's with it. It's been a security disaster from the beginning, and we were just fine with it because at the time, the internet wasn't serious business. Yeah, and we really wanted hamster dance. <clears throat> well, also, like, this was basically the era of, like, choose your own adventure movies because that's what Flash basically amounted to we a all, lot of times. We all still want hamster dance. And choose your own adventure movies, yes. It's true. We all really want these things. They just aren't around. Because nobody would pay to have hamster dance. 
Watch me upload that to YouTube and like Disney flags it as a copyright strike because I'm singing the song from Robin Hood. (laughs) 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 I mean, I I don't know how accurate those are. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) If they consider my singing to be a a ripoff. I mean, they can get silly sometimes, apparently. It's why the cover, it's why cover artists for those songs always change them a little bit. Oh, I guess I should have done it slightly off key, you know? <laughs> a, a perfect sound alike, uh-huh. where they just change, like, t- the key of two notes. Mm-hmm. Those are always fun. Uh, so back to application design. Oh, I mean, like, I was just going to mention that, like, uh, application design especially like websites um the way that tracking is implemented now we're not implemented but like the way the dashboards are set up and things like that really does suggest for you to like narrow users in and like feed them into a cycle of like reward them for doing a thing like clicking next and reward them for doing a thing moving through the process and moving through the process and then you get to your like actual sign up page and then you want them to get over the limit and you're trying to figure out where exactly that friction is and you'll divide it up and you'll break it up and but like as a thing it kind of wants you to build like a flow where users go click their pretty buttons Mm -hmm. until they're all done and maybe they have to enter their credit card number as like a step in the process and by that time you should have conditioned them to just go with it oh (laughs) yeah we 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 just need your credit card to keep it on file we won't we won't charge you now. We'll just charge you later when we can make it sneaky. That's just being a shady business practice. This is just like, or like they'll the, be like full disclosure text being like, we're going to charge your credit card for the thing. Or like you get these websites where they like uh, tell you that they'll pay you uh, for doing surveys. And, oh, right. Yeah, and, I've seen those. And you just do surveys and you just keep <laughs> doing surveys and they give you like, Five or ten cents. They give you different amounts of money based on how you responded. Um, and Is there a way to game that? Are there like lists of the optimal answers where they give you more money? Uh, well, no, because there's always new surveys. But like you get, you start getting the thing like, oh, they sent me to like an, like you know, a a survey that they're being paid to distribute by this uh, oncology hospital. I'm going to say yes. I do have a history with cancer. <laughs> That's what they want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I have a history of cancer, so I can do this survey, and then afterwards, oh, I'm cured. I don't mm-hmm. have cancer anymore. Yeah, because they don't give <laughs> it went you, away. They don't give you money if you're disqualified from doing the survey and the initial questions. <laughs> <laughs> they just they, be, they call you later, and it's just like oh, I'm all better now. <laughs> I got better. You'll end up like that comic we listened to the other night that was just like. Just, like, have all the different things happen to you. Mm-hmm. And then they call you to check on it. Oh, I'm better now. But I, I have this other thing you can you can give me a survey about. I don't have cancer anymore, but, you know, I, I, I might have contracted syphilis. <laughs> oh, the syphilis is cured. I, but I, I, think, I think now I have, like, I don't know, another form of cancer. I don't know what disease is. And then other than providing faulty data to, you know... <laughs> All of the research institutions, we get the other problem where it's actively trying to condition you to just brainlessly type your personal information into things. 
Yeah, I probably should have taken three credit hours of medicine so that I would know diseases. <laughs> I know a few diseases. I think I failed to be properly qualified. <laughs> I feel like those. I feel like those are kind of. Do they actually expect to have accurate answers to those, or do they? Uh, I, I think. See. Those websites are at the end of a chain where you have a research facility who pay pollsters to get data for them, and some of those pollsters are then going to pay the shady website to give them data so that they can be like, look, we got this many thousands of responses from people who totally have gastrointestinal cancer. <laughs> kind of makes you wonder just how many studies are, like, flawed simply because... They, they they were just paying people for data, and they just responded whatever they thought would get them a paycheck. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you're just saying, yeah, it's a problem, and research is flawed. Yeah. Either you're paying people to uh, do your thing, or you're, you're paying people to get responses for you, in which case they're just going to try and get responses. Or you're getting your own responses, usually by uh, exploiting your student body at your research university who just want to get the assignment over with and don't really care and aren't going to actually get put effort into their responses or will just make stuff up to get done with the assignment. I've, I've done that before. <laughs> I, I did that in, uh, in like... And even if they were giving accurate answers, it's a biased sample because it's a bunch of university students. Yeah. I think it was in 10th grade when, like... We had uh, they they were changing the uh, the state proficiency tests, mm -hmm. and so my grade had already taken them uh, in middle school, but they were moving it to tenth grade, and so they had us take it to set like a score benchmark. Right. But like I didn't take it seriously because they explicitly told us that the scores don't matter. Mm -hmm. So I just I just picked random answers. Then mm -hmm. just filled out the bubble sheet with random answers, and then I was done. It didn't count against me. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> And this is like, when uh, when I was doing my anthropology degree, if you got into the upper scale classes, like, uh, part, one of my lab classes was just you would hand out, like, shoe boxes full of old pottery uh, that you were supposed to look at under a microscope and check out your square millimeter and count the number of inclusions of different types and write all that down, and most people just made it up. And then she would take up all the papers and analyze them for her research. So, do you think maybe that there are some pieces of pottery that are, like, misattributed to different cultures because the student just I think guessed and she didn't catch it? Uh, yeah, it's going to be stuff like that. And just, like, if you're collecting, like, data, what you're doing with all of these thousands of pieces of pottery you're analyzing is to create, like, there are this many percent from this time period versus this one to be, like, population data over time. And none of that's going to be right. You know, there is a what kind of a way around this, and that's to hand out the samples again to different students, and then once you're done with it, whoever has like the most answers is the answer you go with this. Is this just like democratizing archaeology? We're just like putting out for a vote what this piece. But of the <laughs> democracy, the truth is up for democracy. You vote on what is true. <laughs> what what tribe did this pottery belong to? Was it A the Cherokee? B, the Sioux. No, the crazy C, thing is, the is that this is a this is a thing. This was this is basically how Amazon's Mechanical Turk works. They're what? 
Did you not? Do you not know about that service? Amazon's wife. Amazon has a service or has had a service where you can pay them to do some task that, be, that can be done online, and they'll hand it to people that they pay like pennies on the dollar to do the task, but they'll pay like thirty people to do the same task. It'll be things like capuchin lights, for example, as as a task, mm-hmm. just just to give a give a particular kind of example. Um, but it's like problems that AI might be able to do if we figured out how to do it, but currently it doesn't kind of thing. <laughs> right. Anyways. So we just uh, use organic AI. <laughs> effectively, you just hire 30 people to do the same thing, and whichever one gets, like, the, the like whichever answer is the most voted answer, basically, is the one that gets accepted. Wouldn't organic AI just be like a hive mind? No, it's just a person. <laughs> But that's not artificial. <laughs> it's natural intelligence. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah. It's... I guess a clone of a person would technically be artificial intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's probably already a few of those. Oh, but what if the clone is naturally occurring? How do you? Wouldn't that be a twin? That is a twin. Well, no, because those are both naturally grown. Like yeah, no, I'm thinking like. But they're they're when you have identical twins, their DNA is the same. It's the same. Right, it's like, not. It's not them being cloned. The eggs matters. split. It's different. It's that they're test tube babies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you took someone's skin cells, or not skin cells. I don't, Basically, I don't know where if you, you get the if you go to the fertility clinic and they take the semen from the man in a, like a private room that's separate from the woman, where they take her eggs out of the. But that's not a clone, that's artificial insemination. Listen, listen. And then you inseminate a third person who is the surrogate mom. That is currently as best as we can do for, like, test tube babies. But that is pretty test tube. But that's, yeah, but that's not cloning, though. No, you would would take a a DNA sample um, uh, and just insert it uh, into an egg... As a whole DNA, replacing the where the normal DNAs would come together to make whole DNA. And then you have to inseminate, put that into a surrogate who carry it for nine months, and you have a clone. Mm-hmm. You ever see that weird Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about cloning? <laughs> I think it was called like The Sixth Day or something like that. Uh, no, definitely oh, not. This is a weird movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger just discovers that he's a clone of himself. So. When I was uh, running, like, tabletop games, I thoroughly conditioned many of my players because uh, 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 instead of handing out experience points at the end of the session based on what they did, uh, uh, I would have little, like, glass beads, like you might put in a fish tank, uh, that I would throw at them whenever they did something that I liked. And those were each an experience point. and this was a game that ran for a very long time, for nearly two years. And it got to be where they would just cheer up and be real happy if I just tossed them the little bead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even if we weren't currently playing the game at the time. This glass bead <laughs> is just my life now. <laughs> I kind of remember that. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a form of currency too. You're just—it's like your yeah, XP oh is God. always a form of currency, Lauren. <laughs> Paychecks are a Skinner box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What what if capitalism is just one big Skinner box? I uh I guess <laughs> It's That's just con- a way to look at things. It's just conditioning you to do whatever your employer wants. It certainly explains why people defend it so vehemently. Maybe people would have more fun at work if their boss just stood around and every now and then just like handed you a five dollar bill. That would actually be kinda cool. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like if you're just if you're just like working and you do stuff and you just get handed like a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. This is it's not ethical. Too, it's too abstract right now. You need to make it really concrete and just be yeah. like, here, you did thing. Here's some money. I would like to point out that uh, I think this is something that unions might have tried to fight for simply because this is highly unethical and very manipulative. Why is it unethical to pay you, people you mean in different fight formats? Against it? <laughs> you mean why is it unethical to intentionally psychologically manipulate people into working for you? I mean, isn't that already what a job is? Yeah, they're already doing it, Kat. I'm just suggesting being better at it. Be more physical about it, yeah. I don't know. I I want them to be better at respecting employees. That's what I really want. Not going to happen. So let's work on making it more fun to be an employee. Oh, no. That's how people give you money. This is how we get mandatory fun (laughs) 2.0. I'm okay with mandatory fun. I'm not okay with mandatory fun. Please don't refer to me professionally ever. <laughs> Tyler, you have never had to go to like those employer parties where it's just like I don't know, it's 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 the most It's just another Skinner box where they hand you no, out $100 gift cards I for did. doing the best. We had these university departments have those and if you actually care about working in the field academically, you have to go to them and socialize and meet people so they recognize you later when you write things networking it's like someone threw a party after just being described what a party is like but then their budget was like ten (laughs) dollars i put a a sheet cake from walmart in a room it is now a party and some some (laughs) bottles of water branded with the company's logo no, I do have a story. I did work for, like, a contractor who, uh, no kidding, he had, like, a, a like a little celebration event for the things we had been doing, and he, like, gave people gift cards based on how well performant or whatever he thought they were for, like, $10 <laughs> as, a, as, like, a thank you for your effort through the year. <laughs> it's, like... This is the shittiest bonus I've ever heard of. I mean, it's at least it's like marginally better than when a company's like, "Hey, thanks for all your hard work. Here's a frisbee with the company logo on it. <laughs> Here's a backpack. This costs us like ten dollars, but you know we you decided... worked so hard this year. We decided to give you a blanket, and it's now like you the... can sleep warm at night. It's the most cheaply made blanket too. It's like. Even cheaper. It'll always be, like, even cheaper than what you could just get at Walmart. Like, somehow, they find a way to make it cheaper. It's because they use, like, OEM blankets and contractor blankets. OEM blankets. What is that? <laughs> That's how I describe it. It's like, uh, you can only buy them in bulk, and they're for people who do this kind of thing. I'm just like, the, the an, an original equipment manufacturer blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, OEM is the term you always use with, like, computers, but, like, 
I think the more common term would be like the contractor stuff. Like the contractor paint is the paint they use to paint the apartment building because it's very cheap and you have to buy it in bulk. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's paint. I think it's just like it's just white. <laughs> it's just it's it's not even paint because it doesn't it it just has that chalky texture. It's just like it's just a bucket of white. <laughs> and they just paint everything with it. Where do you get? Where do you propose they get white? Do they like go somewhere that's like a like a chalk mine or something, and they <laughs> particleize the chalk, and then they steal all the white out of it, so they, all the chalk is black, and they can't use it anymore. <laughs> yeah, so they throw that away, <laughs> and they just ship out the white. It, well, it's the same place that they get that carpet, the that beige carpet <laughs> that is in every single apartment. Yeah. And those is that is that like beige or are they like raising an animal and this is like no it's, technically a fur product it's uh it's it's made of dust <laughs> and it's the color of dust so you can't tell when it's dirty <laughs> oh is this what the is this what they uh, do with the chalk after they sucked all the white out of it to make the paint <laughs> <laughs> well no they suck the white out of the chalk to make the paint and then that's what they make pencils out of is the remaining. <laughs> chalk dust that doesn't that isn't colored that doesn't have white anymore <laughs> this is turning into nonsense <laughs> hey i think that was supposed to be the goal i mean you know what maybe maybe we'll develop a fan base that just really likes nonsense i i really feel like that was the goal we we're, named it sidereal fire we're, we're, i always like that word just because it's sidereal <laughs> It, the, the, it has to be the goal because that's the only audience we're getting. We're, we're just like the the podcast to listen to while you're stoned. It, uh, maybe. <laughs> we, we'll need targeting a, uh, advertising campaigns in like Colorado, California, Washington, mm-hmm. all the pot states, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. the pot states. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't forget Minnesota. Does Minnesota have legal pot? Oh, wait, not Minnesota. Michigan. 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 Yes, Michigan has legal pot. Yeah. Illinois. New York. I think Massachusetts has it now, too. So you can be in Chicago and get high, or you could be in Boston and get high. That's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. If you get high enough, you can be in all of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know Chicago always feels weird, because I think it's, like, the only place I've ever seen where you can just, like, you can just walk into any convenience store mm-hmm. and buy whatever liquor you want. Yeah. They, they don't have liquor stores. It's just, like, 7-Eleven will just sell, mm-hmm. like, you know, 100-proof whiskey or whatever. <laughs> well, this is where you get, like, like... Osmond or whoever at the gas station a clerk who isn't paid enough to care and just sells peep miners the beer. <laughs> who? What are you referencing? Uh, I'm actually referencing a, a guy that they uh, that my friends from high or not friends but my high school uh, uh, classmates would talk about as like the guy to go to to get the beer because he didn't like really understand why you weren't supposed to sell beer to miners. <laughs> Or something, and you just do it. You know those types. Was he like older? I have no idea. Those types of older people are always fun when they're just like, "Yeah, fuck it, have a beer here. You're an eight year old, have a beer. It's about time." <laughs> <laughs> Your 
we're of age now. <laughs> I mean, a lot of southern states, it's perfectly legal to give kids beer if you buy it and you're their guardian. You're, you're big enough to reach the pedals in the pickup truck and drive it through the mud field. You're old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Little Johnny is just like, a weed? He's four, and he's tall enough to do that, so of course he gets his beer and his mudden. Oh, God. Could you imagine a four-year-old behind the wheel of a truck? I kind of can, because I think that's happened before. Maybe not a four-year-old, but kids joyriding is a thing that happens, and it's like... Mmm. How bad do you have to be to have, like, stolen the school bus before you were old enough to drive? What? Yeah, someone did that. Someone did that? Someone did that. Yeah. They just stole the school... They stole, the, they stole a school bus and blew it through an intersection and crashed it in, like, a spectacular fashion. Uh, did they crash it into the school? Because that would actually be kind of funny. I don't Great. remember if they had crashed it into the school or not. Great kid. Very cool. I highly encourage. <laughs> this is something to try at home. Do, do they put... Well, okay, no. We can't do that. <laughs> we don't want to get sued for encouraging minors to drive a school bus, but... It, it's, it's okay. You said the F word, so the podcast has to be rated for anyone. Adults. Oh, I guess it does. I can't recommend it? children do things because they don't listen to this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, that would be illegal. <laughs> Legally, I have to assume that no children are listening. I... Therefore, we can recommend that children do anything and everything, including being in all places at once and uh, turning themselves into eldritch horrors in such fashions. Yeah, we recommend turning yourself into an eldritch horror. You can do that in two easy steps. Yeah, here's how, Tyler. Look in the mirror. <laughs> I was actually referencing the meme that I posted the other day. Oh, I forgot it. I don't think you looked at it. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> but no, I was just picturing, like, do, do they put seatbelts in school buses yet? Uh, I don't remember seatbelts really. in school buses, so. No. I mean, it's been a while since I've ridden in a school bus, so. It... I don't remember having them. Because I'm just thinking, I'm mm. like, if you crash a school bus without a seatbelt. You're just like face planting whatever's in front no. of you. <laughs> That's how you get really high. I've actually been in a crash in a school bus. Yeah? When I was a kid, the, my school bus got hit by a car. What was that like? <laughs> it was a heavy jolt because those things have like. So much inertia. Yeah, school buses are like the definition of an immovable object <laughs> it's just it's just a box with nothing in it the, those seats are just like I, I don't know how that was i don't know how that's even legal to just have kids driving around in this big box i mean they still don't do it on public buses either so i don't know what you're talking about it's some kind of like thing with safety i think it's yeah i think it's the buses are heavy and sturdy enough that they're expected to provide protection against any normal accident because something will just <laughs> and you'll be fine yeah but then you like hit the you hit that seat in front of you and the seats the seats in school buses are always just like somehow there's foam in there but it's like the hardest foam ever made <laughs> yes 
It's a phone that's designed to last for decades without being replaced. <laughs> I feel like that's just kind of the definition of edu- the education system. Yeah. Designed to last for decades without being replaced. So, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> We're just talking about bullshit now. Cool. Do you have any advertisements? Advertisements? Subscribe to our podcast. Wherever podcasts can be found. Wherever I decide to upload it, or wherever I can get it uploaded. <laughs> Something like that? I don't know. Wherever I, suppose, I make an account. I suppose somebody should like sign up for Twitter with this podcast as a name and announce episodes or some such yeah maybe we'll do that god this is so amateur (laughs) yeah maybe we'll just do some social media you know we'll just do some marketing well i mean none of us could like sign up for a personal account and advertise from there because none of us have twitter and none of us would want to sign up for twitter why do you have a twitter because i I have a twitter i have a twitter what's wrong with you people would you like to advertise your twitter no I don't have any followers, and I never post anything on it. Yeah. Maybe I should change that. All right. I think that does it, then. Okay. See you later. See you later. Bye. Listen to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>